Greetings, ladies and gents, and welcome to this latest version of uh, Tales, Tales from Outer Space, where I take an HFY story from somewhere around the internet and read it aloud for your enjoyment. All the relevant links are down below. Like, subscribe, and all that YouTube comf to help this video and channel grow. Anyways, as always, I hope that you enjoy. I would just like to thank the following tier 5 patrons and channel members for supporting the channel. Fallen Angel. Buzz Kennington, Data Magnet, and Bob the Dragon. Thank you again, and now on to the story. Humans Are Weird, Chain Reaction, written by Betty Adams. Why do you want the educational background of every human on the evening shift? The base commander asked as he squinted down the stiff employee in front of his perch. The Trisk shifted his many, far too many legs in what the base commander took to be a gesture of unease. I want to ascertain if I can, uh, the Trisk said as he reached up nervously with his gripping leg to brush the sensory bristles over his primary eyes. Where these humans fall on the spectrum of intelligence. They are not rated as a psychologist, the base commander said, blaring his wings out in a cautious warning. And this base does not have the capacity to contact any university extension capable of granting approval for research on sapient species. I do not want active research, Petrisk quickly protested. I do not even want to make further passive observations. I just want to answer a question that was raised by observing what I assume was a recreational behavior amongst the field workers of the night shift. The base commander considered this carefully. Even allowing the passive research on sapient species could raise tensions on a small base like this. However, humans were notoriously curious and willing to be studied. On the other flap, they usually insisted on being able to study whoever was studying them in turn, and that could lead down a very disruptive wind gusts. He ran his winghook over his sensory horns and nodded slowly as he pondered. I will have to discuss this with third cousin, he said. If we decide in your favor, she will send you the files this afternoon. The Drisk nodded and skittered quickly out the room. It was a fairly simple matter to contact third cousin and get her to agree to the meeting. But the meeting had to be delayed, as she was quite busy in the medical bay. The base commander pulled up the medical records and blinked in surprise. It seemed that roughly half the human population of the base was currently slated for minor medical attention. The symptoms showed a fascinating range of minor burns to bruises to one dislocated shoulder joint. The base commander winced and rolled his shoulder joints in sympathy. This was perplexing but hardly out of character for what he had been taught to expect from humans. He turned back to examining the surge in power requirements that they had experienced since expanding their research fields. In due time, Third Cousin sent him a terse approval, which he passed on to Trisk. He didn't quite forget the issue, but when the Trisk skittered into his office the next day with a gloomy set of joints, the base commander didn't immediately ping why he was back. Can I serve you? The base commander asked. The Trisk brushed his eyes, hairs back, and flexed in frustration. Thank you for obtaining the information for me, the Trisk said. The base commander remembered to pause for six slow wing beats before responding. You are welcome, he replied. The Trisk bobbed his body in acknowledgement of a reply, but didn't go. The base commander wondered what the Trisk could want. That he wanted something more was clear. Did you answer your question? The base commander asked. Not in the least, 
Lutrusk said with a glum set of his joints. I only intensified my questions. Would you like to tell me about your questions? The base commander asked, hoping that Trusk had no such intentions. However, the Trusk perked up in relief and began circling slowly as he processed his thoughts. The base commander tried to subtly settle more comfortably on his perch. It was going to be a long explanation. I was out scouting outside of the fenced areas for the best places to set insect traps, the Trusk said. I was accompanied by one of the morning shift human crew leads for protection. We had found many good sites, but wanted to get some more as there was more time left in the day. I'm afraid that we went past our working hours for the day, but our scouting was so successful. We were headed back and found a group of evening shift humans wrapping up their work hours. They had been modulating the energy flow on the fencing and appeared to be gathering up the scattered insulated components. The Trisk paused and gave a sudden shudder, brushed his paws all over his body in a gesture that the members of the species usually used to assess their bodies after an injury. One human was holding what I assumed was a cold wire, but as we got closer, I felt on my electro bristles that it was twitching. The Trisk went on. The base commander was trying to keep the Trisk colloquialism in mind while the other talked. I expressed my concern, but my human escort pointed out that the humans could not conduct the charge as the feet were insulated, the Trisk said. But then a second human set down a pad of insulation and grabbed the first human's hand. Then a third did the same. Then each of the shift placed the insulation down and stepped on it, forming a chain of human hands. A massive shudder ran through the Trisk's body as he recalled the next part. The final human put down his insulation and took the hand of the human next to him. The Trisk finally forced himself to go on. The base commander found himself oddly fascinated now. Something horrible was clearly coming, and he couldn't look away. The human who was with me had stopped walking, and was watching them with his body poised as if he was expecting entertainment. The Trisk went on. The line of humans was focused on the last human in the line. They were encouraging him to do something. Finally, the last human in the line took off his foot covering and stepped off the insulated pad. But then the current would have had a circuit and we would have... Uh, the base commander couldn't help interjecting. The Trisk stiffened in her front and the base commander's shock interrupted him. It shocked every human in the line, sending them all flying from the force of the electrocution. The Trisk clicked out. My escort was laughing and once they recovered from the automatic pain display... The rest of the humans were laughing as well. The Trisk stopped talking and the base commander stared at him in mild horror. What was their average educational level? The base commander finally asked. Not one of them had less than a tertiary degree accredited to them from a home university. The Trisk replied. Why? The base commander suddenly burst out. I don't know, said the Trisk grimly. And now I'm even without a theory. End of chapter. Story number two. They stole fire twice, written by the Lords of Duke. When a planet needs pacification, it is a necessity to rob it of its ability to defend itself and thus present a hazard for the occupational forces. All that takes is often a few tweaks to a couple orbiting satellites and aiming their projectors to the surface. 
Most of the pacification systems consist of countermeasures to ignition points for fusion and fission, and from time to time, electromagnetic pulse generation. When you take the world back several centuries or more in technology, the infrastructure tends to lose cohesion, often permanently, and any form of help being offered, regardless of the cost, is accepted, and a world is thus enslaved for pennies on the dollar. Unfortunately, this technique requires a few elements to be in play. The planet must be a single world, meaning they have no off-world settlements. The world must not have any standing platform in orbit around it. The planet must be compliant by nature when confronted with exceptional challenges. We manage to score two out of three in those circumstances. The third is like a knife poised above our heads, and we wait its descent. We'd read about the humans, and the literature, without fail, described them as a deeply problematic survivalists to the extreme. Their death world was more a playground than their actual demises. They had settlements and regions other species would have declared no-fly, zero-contact areas without any attempt at rehabilitating them. Their food is classified as a biohazard in dozens of worlds, universally condemned for mass consumption by most others, and in a few cases, weaponized for deployment in the field. Three dishes qualify as narcotics and are heavily scrutinized of off-world production. In short, we knew it would be a problem, and we signed off on it immediately. To veil in providing for our client, it would be unfathomable, honestly. Every world we pacified, there was money in the bank and a feather in our cap to say nothing to stroke our egos. Eight billion plus change versus a system that had a 100% success rate, inclusive of over 19 Class G death worlds, while this one only rated a simple Class K. It was basic mathematics on our side, as well as the weight of a progressive technological adaptation, expansion, and renewal. Then we discovered the first of the cloth and wood-framed aircraft in a field after a routine sweep. A month later, an engine using a stripped stone hydrogen battery. Two weeks later, pressurized tanks of rocket propellant. The next night, noises on the exterior of Recon 4 Satellite 6. Five hours later, the disappearance of Recon 4 Satellites 1 through 8. And tonight, now... This message for you, our former employer. The humans are offering a one-time deal, which I cannot stress enough that you take seriously and abide by, at your exceptional detriment. You tell them who hired you to cleanse their world of life, or they're going to kill your entire species inside of a Terran Prime stand month. With the snap delay between answer sinks, this message is 18 of their days old, by the time it has been received. Consider what you'll do with those remaining 12 days. I suggest that you inform your citizenry that the humans are not the boogeymen of legend. They are coming to take what they feel that they are owed, and uh, bearing a gift for you. They'll be bringing you fire from their world. We did not fail. We simply switched employers. And... Transmission. And that, my friends, concludes this video. I hope 
that you enjoyed, and if you do, please consider supporting the author, even by popping over and leaving a thumbs up or a nice comment just to show your appreciation for the story. However, if you wish to support this channel, there are links down below which will help immensely. I will see you all in the next one, and until then, I hope that you have a fantastic day. Cheers.